James, the third chapter, which many of you would have read yesterday or last evening. I want to point out several verses in this chapter that I hope you will always remember and that will help set a framework for your lives, starting in your hearts. James chapter 3, verse 13. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not, and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Amen and amen. This passage will provide a framework for the entire day that we're going to have together in the Word of God as it describes to us our relations and how we get along with other people. And the question is asked in the 13th verse, do you consider yourself a wise person? And if you're wise and you have knowledge endued in you, then you should be able to show out of a good lifestyle your works with meekness of wisdom. You're willing to bear the attacks of others. You're willing to bear the slights that others may give you. That's meekness. And you can show your wisdom by the way that you live and treat other people in that 13th verse. Beginning all the way back at verse 9 and running down through verse 12, the contrast has been made by the apostle that how can we use our mouths in church to bless God and worship Him and then use our mouths to run other people down and criticize them at other times? That ought not to be. And James says that ought not to be. That is a disgraceful thing when we bless God and curse men. And so if we want to show that we have the wisdom of heaven, then we show it in our lifestyle and how we relate to other people. And so we have in verses 14 through 16, the wisdom that is from hell, the devilish wisdom, the earthly wisdom, the wisdom of the natural man, and how he reacts to other people. How does he react? He has bitterness in his heart, verse 14. He has envying. That means he resents the blessings and favors that others have in their lives, and he wishes them evil. He has strife in his hearts in that he holds grudges against others. And we should not glory in such a thing, and we shouldn't lie against the truth. This kind of thinking and this kind of speaking and acting is of this earth and is devilish, as verse 15 tells us. This wisdom doesn't come from heaven or from God. It comes from beneath. And verse 16 tells us that when you have bitterness in your heart and you hold grudges and you're striving and fighting with others and you envy them, there's going to be confusion in every evil work. So it leads to a very dysfunctional life. All in three verses. I thank God that when I was about 18 years of age, and I'm not thankful for the occasion that called for it, but I'm thankful for the event that took place. My father took me to two Baptist ministers 
because of the horrible relationship and the disrespect that I showed him. And those two Baptist ministers sat with me one night and confronted me with these verses and told me that I was acting like the devil and the spirit that was in me was from the devil and that I was being devilish in my relationship to my father. And I've never forgotten the confrontation of God's Word one night when I was a late teenager showing me plainly from God's Word that the bitterness and the envying and the striving and fighting, I couldn't lie about it and I couldn't glory in it. It was straight from hell and from the devil. And it was leading to confusion in every evil work in my life. Now, see, these verses mean a great deal to me and they have for nearly 40 years. But I want you to appreciate these verses because these verses are precious and important. And where you strive or hold bitterness or grudges against others, you are falling into the hands of the devil and you're acting like him and you're acting like this wicked world instead of the Christians that we ought to be. We have one of those inspired disjunctives starting verse 17. That is a word that sets two comparisons in opposition to each other. A comparison. The word but in verse 17. Verses 14 through 16 describe the wisdom of the devil, the wisdom of hell, the wisdom of the natural man, the wisdom of this world, fighting, resenting people. They they wronged me, well, I'm going to wrong them. I'm going to remember what they did against me. That's of the devil. We don't think that way. We forgive people. We let them wrong us. We get excited when they wrong us. Because then we can glory in showing our Christian character. Verse 17, but the wisdom that is from above... See, the previous wisdom was from beneath. The wisdom that is from above or from heaven is first pure. This is not purity in doctrine. Doctrine isn't in chapter 3 of James. This is purity of motives. This is purity of your goals in that you're not double-minded and you're not speaking with a forked tongue by blessing God and cursing others. You have a pure heart that has one motive, the glory of God and the service of men. So many times I in the past have quoted this verse, I taught you out of our incorrect interpretation years ago, where we used the wisdom that is from above is first pure, it's first doctrinally pure, and once we get somebody in perfect doctrinal agreement with us, then we'll be peaceable. That is not what it's teaching at all. We're supposed to be peaceable with how many men? All men. It doesn't matter about doctrinal integrity on their part at all. This isn't, this chapter doesn't speak of that in the context. What this chapter is, is saying and what it described in verses 9 through 12 is having a fountain sending forth the same place sweet water and bitter. We want pure water of only one kind. We bless God and we bless men. Right. We even bless those men who curse us. That's what Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 5. So the wisdom that is from above is first pure. We have one consistent, honest motive and goal in all that we do. We are not inconsistent. We are not hypocritical. Then peaceable. And my dear brothers and sisters, listen to these words if you want the wisdom that is from heaven. It's first pure. You have one consistent thought of blessing God and blessing men. Then you are peaceable. You do anything you can to make peace. The Apostle is going to tell us in Romans 12, if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. This is the wisdom from heaven. This is a real Christian. He's first pure, then peaceable, 
gentle. If you think that gentleness is a sign of weakness, you don't understand gentleness nor the Christian religion. Jesus Christ was known for His gentleness. And so was the Apostle Paul, known for His gentleness. We want to be gentle, easy. The Apostle Paul compared himself to a nurse in caring for the church of the Thessalonians. Easy to be entreated. When someone under our authority or someone not under our authority asks us for something, asks us for a favor, asks us for a privilege, we're easily entreated. We're easily asked. We make it easy for them. We don't make it difficult and hard for them to come and ask us for something because we're going to make require a pound of flesh from them to show them a favor. Easy to be entreated. We quickly respond in agreement whenever we can. Full of mercy and good fruits. We love to show mercy and good fruits. Always showing kindness and good things toward others. And we don't show partiality. We show it toward all men, as the Apostle is going to teach us today. And we do it without hypocrisy, because as we started out, we are pure in our motives and intents, thoughts and actions. And then verse 18 tells us the fruit of righteousness. If you want a life that bears the fruit of righteousness, then you are going to be a peacemaker. You're a peacemaker in your marriage, a peacemaker in your family, a peacemaker in the church. The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Those that make peace are peacemakers. You want to be peace, you want to be at peace with everyone in your life and in your relationships, and you want to detect anyone else in the church that might not be at peace with someone in their family or someone else in the church and go and bring them to a peaceful resolution of their problems and their differences. We want to be peacemakers. This is the wisdom of heaven. You can tell that in verses 13 through 16, there is strife and bitterness and grudges and differences and cliques and factions and envy and resentment and separation being made among parties. But in verses 17 and 18, they're coming together again in gracious forgiveness and in loving peacemaking between the parties. This is the religion of heaven. And here we have in contrast the devilish natural man and how he reacts to things and the spiritual heavenly man. Let us be that spiritual heavenly man. Let us forgive everyone who wrongs us and love them anyway and be at peace among ourselves and help others be at peace and let's be great peacemakers and make sure that this church is fully at peace and in unity with one another and we are with our family members, we are with our colleagues at work, we are with fellow classmates and everyone that we deal with. We're at peace. This is the word of the Lord to us for today. Everything that's going to be said later today is going to fall right into the framework provided by these pass- this passage and these verses and this comparison between the wisdom from beneath and the wisdom from above. Let us pray. Our Holy Father in heaven, having looked at this contrast and comparison, we quickly come before thee And ask Thee to forgive us when we have had bitterness in our hearts. When we've held grudges. When we've resented. When we've envied. When we've been fighting and had strife in our members. We will not lie this day before Thee. We will not glory in the truth. We know that this kind of conduct comes from beneath. It is earthly. 
It is sensual, just based on our emotions and base feelings, and it is devilish. Forgive us. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness through the Lord Jesus Christ and through your faithfulness and justice in forgiving us. Heavenly Father, we're thankful that the Apostle by inspiration told us how we ought to live. And let us this day learn diligently by you giving us hearing ears and seeing eyes and understanding hearts that we might perceive the wisdom that is from above, that heavenly wisdom. Heavenly Father, that we would have pure motives and be consistent with one heart and one mind and peaceable and easy to be entreated and full of mercy and good fruits and that we would be great peacemakers in our families, in our church, and everywhere else we go among all men that we would be known as the most peaceful sort they have ever met. Heavenly Father, let us adorn the religion of the Lord Jesus Christ by being thus peaceful, cheerful, forgiving, and loving. Amen. Heavenly Father, we, we lay before Thee our hearts and our minds and our lives as pliable clay. We pray that You would form us and conform us into the image of Your Son, Jesus Christ, that we would be like Him, that we would bring honor to His name, that we would beautify and become His glorious gospel. Heavenly Father, form us and make us go in the way of Your commandments. Incline our hearts after righteousness and godliness and away from selfishness and envy and bitterness and strife. We thank Thee for the hope of forgiveness that is in Thee and we thank Thee for the strength that is in the Lord Jesus Christ by whom we can do these things. And I pray that we will do them for Your honor and glory. Be with your saints and servants throughout the earth. Preserve our nation and keep it. We are thankful for it and for its rulers. We pray, Heavenly Father, for revival in the churches of the Lord Jesus Christ in this nation and throughout the earth. We pray for your scattered sheep that may not have a church to fellowship in this day, that you will provide their comfort and fellowship by your Spirit. We thank thee for every good thing you put on our tables, on our backs, and over our heads, you have blessed us abundantly, and we are thankful. We are thankful for the truth that you have shown us in your word, and what truth we do not yet see. O oh Lord, open our eyes, open our ears, that we might see and hear. And Father, if you show us anything we believe, and anything that we are doing is not according to your word, we will repent of it and forsake it, and turn more perfectly unto thee. This prayer... We offer up in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and ask your blessing upon this assembly for his honor and glory forever. Amen. Amen.